feel like there's just so much uncertainty in what the the end goal is going to actually be for a young family. So, you know, if you've got a two-year-old, like there's zero way to predict with any level of certainty exactly where that child's going to go to college, what that cost is going to be. So the, the, all the uncertainty. I think... Welcome back to the Max Your Dash podcast. Thank you for listening, liking, and sharing. My name is Steve. I'm joined by my co-host, Nate Alvers, as always. And we have another another guest on the podcast. Want to introduce him, Nate? <clears throat> well, this is his second appearance. He's our yes. chief appetizer officer, uh, Mark Temperato. Welcome back. Yeah. Give him some claps. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. How did you, Mark, how'd you feel about the last, the Investing 101? By the way, guys, if you haven't heard of the uh, that episode, I think it was four or five, Investing 101. We talked about the basics of investing and Mark's, Mark's our guy, so go listen to it. But Mark, how, how I guess, like, what were your thoughts on that, looking back on it? Did you even listen to it? <laughs> I, I did listen to it. No, I, I liked it. I think, I think it's just good because I think that there's a lot of, weird things that people think about when they they get into investings and and getting started in the basic stuff is just not as complicated as you would think um yeah and that, that was kind of the, the big the biggest takeaway i hope people got from it is they should it's not that complicated and it's it's also really easy to get help on this stuff agreed i feel like um, most things finance are just like like intimidate people for, for sure. some reason Right. Well, most people who like think about they need to do it are like, they probably feel like they're far behind and they just don't even want to look at it and they just get like further and further behind. And plus they think like a lot of things are really complicated. So they just don't even want to deal with it. Yeah. Um, Dude, I've been getting, and guys, I don't, I didn't, I wasn't telling Nate this, but we've been getting like a lot of messages on our Instagram and I also get like, people who reach out personally or, or clients saying it, but apparently our podcast is very bingeable. I've had a couple people Ooh. say that they've listened to like all six episodes straight in like a week driving and stuff like that. Well, <clears throat> well, <clears throat> I think that based on what you just said a minute ago about how people like are, are like, they feel like they're behind. So they don't, they don't get started. I feel like podcasting is like just such an easy way for like that person out there. Who's like, dipping their toes into this like this is you yeah have to talk to an advisor you can learn some stuff and there's no pressure and you could do whatever you want with oh it yeah yeah dude podcast is like the lazy way of learning especially if you're driving like you're already driving you're already going somewhere you're already doing something and all you got to do is just like listen it's like the easiest way to consume content on something without having mm-hmm. to like really commit to it which yeah, you can you can learn have a hard time doing you can literally get a master's degree in whatever topic by just listening to right. enough podcasts. It's nuts. pretty amazing. Yeah, it's it's a good it's a good way to align to be efficient with your time, and it helps you max your dash. So you're just wasting less time. Oh yeah, <clears throat> I can't exactly. tell you the last time I listened to a like a local radio station driving. 
Ooh. No. I do that. I do that every morning. I'm a classic <laughs> rock in the morning. You're weird. <laughs> every time yeah, I get my in like, car, every time I get in Mark's car, he's got 96.5 on. Literally 96.5? the only radio station. Yep, 96.5. The, the the morning talk show is is just it's awesome. It's hilarious. <laughs> Dude, is that 96.5? I think the only one I listen to is like 97.9, maybe. I yeah. don't know what the Steve, difference is. I probably Steve I probably have, heard what you're talking about. Steve would be clueless on what 96.5 is. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Nate. Why don't you Why don't you tell everyone what we're gonna be talking about today? Yeah, so uh, the theme for this month's podcast is education planning. So today's topic is going to be a discussion around, simply put, how do you how are you going to pay for your kid's college someday? Um, and it's it's a pretty big topic that I think is on the minds of almost all parents. So I'm excited to to roundtable some of the hot points around education planning today. Yeah, I wanted to ask you guys both this, and you're talks with like all your clients in that age demographic like let's say young families what percentage of those people that you talk to is that brought up or if that's important to people and then on top of that what percentage of them like are worried about it or don't know where to start or know they need to start stuff like that so i'm curious like how on top of mind it is i think it would be cool like the viewers to know like what our clients like people we're actually working with or what are they thinking about Mark, you go first. Yeah, so I, it's kind of a funny one because when, when you have like a younger parent or, or young kids, I should say, um, a lot of times I get that. I don't really know what if my kid doesn't go to school. I don't know if I want yeah. all my money locked up in a, in a plan that's, you know, can only be used for education. Um, you know, we don't know what education is going to cost in 20 years or whatever. Like I get a lot of that pushback. And then I also get and I, I shouldn't call it pushback, but I also get that, you know, there's just there's just no way we're going to be able to to help with the cost of education. It's just way too expensive. Um, and I, yeah. I think those are both really valid points that that people bring up. Yeah, I think for for me, like to, you asked, like what percentage of people in this demographic, like with young children are asking about it or is it top of mind? Of? I think it's a very high percentage, like almost all of them. Like we get into those conversations, but like to Mark's point what I've noticed is that every family has different values. So there's, you know, some people like myself, for example, I paid for all of my education and I think that that was like a really good learning experience. So I would want my kids to have some skin in the game, but then there's other clients we meet with who are like, you know, they're, they had it all fully paid for through family and that's exactly what they want to do for their kids. So it's like, it's just all across the board. Like everyone's different with this. Um, but I would say for the most part, it's on top of everyone's mind. It's just different, like different goals, I guess, and different values. Yeah. What would you guys say is like most common? Someone like just being afraid of how big of like a mountain of a goal it is because of how expensive education is getting and they don't know if they're going to be able to or like more so people don't know what to do, like how to even plan for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, What, what would what do you think most people are? more fearful of there uh i I think well so i i would say that there's a lot of people that are out of touch with the like the cost of education and how it's how it's changed over time um and and what what numbers are projected to be in the future um and and like 
you know, maybe thinking that if you put like 50 bucks a month into an account, that's going to, that's going to be enough for education. I don't, you know, that's, I, I think that's pretty far away from what, what it would take, depending on where a kid's going to go to school. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it's just, so maybe just like out of touch with the realities of, of the potential cost of school and, um, you know, not, not really knowing what the difference is going to be between a state and a, and a private school and, and also like what kind of what kind of programs exist in in the state that they live in um, for going to a state school versus a private school and being aware of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like there's just so much uncertainty in what the the end goal is going to actually be for a young family. So, you know, if you've got a two year old, like there's zero way to predict with any level of certainty exactly where that child's going to go to college, what that cost is going to be. So the, the, all the uncertainty, I think, just leads to a lot of procrastination and just avoidance, I, I think, mostly of like doing, like creating an actual plan for it. Yeah, that's interesting. So you think it's probably like a little combination of both, um, plus like the uncertainty of like what, what's really going to happen? Like, what are their kids going to go to school? What do they want? Stuff like that, because people don't really like locking dollars up and stuff like that, I guess. Well, from a mindset standpoint, how do you guys start like beginning to frame their mindset if they say like, okay, yeah, this is a, this is a, a, a goal of ours, but we don't know where to start or what to do, or even like how to start thinking about it. Um, I'll, I'll take, I'll take lead on that one. I, I think <clears throat> what I try to encourage people to do with pretty much either retirement planning or college planning is again, we don't have a magic genie, so we can't predict what 20 years from now is going to necessarily be, but knowing what you know now. So if we were to imagine your kids were going to college today, you know, what would you want to provide given the landscape of today? And we can use all of our software and stuff to do all the forecasting based off of that. But I try to get people to think about it like in today's dollars terms. Um, and I try to really understand like, what's your, what is your values around this? Like, do you want to provide all of it? Do you want to provide none of it? Do you want to provide half of it? And I just like to really encourage people to think about it in today's dollars. And then we'll do our work on the back end to forecast this out and do the analysis to try to create our best guess, basically, of what the future is going to look like based on that goal. Do, do you think, do you find that that's pretty eye opening for folks when you go through that with them, Nate? Yeah, it's. I think it is. And a lot of times that's because it ends up being a big dollar number a big, a big dollar yeah. amount, right? Like if you, yeah. if you go to just a New York state school, you know, the average cost out of pocket is probably around 20 grand a year. Oh yeah. Do, yeah. You know? I actually so, had, so in our last newsletter here, we said that in 2020, the average all in cost for a public four-year school was around 22 grand and a private school was 50. Yeah. So, so, so when you start to ask the difficult questions with that family and you start doing the math right there in your head, it's like, Oh my God, I got to have in today's dollars, I got to have a hundred thousand dollars saved. And imagine yeah. that's going to be down the road. So yeah, I think it is really eye opening. And again, probably a lot of these families have thought about this already before they talk to us and have they like, cause most people I think come into it scared of what the number is going to be. Um, but the good news is there, it's actually so much more achievable than people think, Mo just like most financial planning topics, if you are proactive and get started young and, and use time to your advantage.
Yeah. What What do you think, Mark, on the the mindset side of stuff when you're talking to a client about the goal? Yeah. So like with a with a lot of like the a lot of people when we first get into this conversation, if they haven't started thinking about it already. I feel like a lot of people will ask the question like what what are what are other people doing or what are what are your other clients saving for education or what are they setting their goals at and I think the most important thing is going back to some of what Nate was saying there is it's each person's goal should be their their own goal and, and their own philosophy on what they're going to provide for their their child or children uh, in the future whether that's for education or not um, cause you know, a lot of people will think about like the wedding gifts or something, you know, something like that, being able to, to, to help out with that, that as well. Um, but it's, it just comes down to the, the fact that you're, they shouldn't come into this thinking that there's all, you can either fund all of education through savings or none of it. It's usually going to be a combination approach to this is the, is the best way to do it. And it, and just to, I think that the people need to focus on their, coming help, you know, working with someone to help them figure out what their personal goal is for their child or children for, for that future number um, and coming up with a plan in regards to that, as opposed to asking that question of, of like, you know, what's everyone else doing or what's it going to take yeah. to, to fund uh, the, you know, the state or private school 100%, you know, setting that as their goal right. is very different than, than figuring out yeah. what their own goal is. Dude, it's so crazy. It's so across the board of like mm -hmm. what people want and it's so crazy that they ask that question because it is so across the board like mm -hmm. it's it's really all per personal preference i'm curious do you guys think like i was recently doing a i had a couple of these conversations so it is kind of timely do you guys think it's even like maybe maybe currently but in the future and i know with inflation stuff like that the dollars kind of like look different but do you guys think it will even be like financially feasible for most people, if they wanted to, to like pay all in for their kid to go to a private school, because those numbers just look crazy. And to me, maybe you guys can just give some insight on that. Like, I, I feel like saving for that, it has to be ridiculous. And that's not usually the goal for most people. I, I haven't really heard many people say like, we want to, we want to be able to fund all four years of a private school. But I, I can't even see a world where that even becomes like, financially feasible for i will i'll say like most families just from like what the numbers look like yeah i i totally agree with that if they're if like the, the average the average family i don't know what average incomes are and obviously it depends on wh where you live but it's it's a it's not a small number that they would have to save to fully fund the cost of education whether it's state or private and were, were you asking like what what based on what the projected future costs of education yeah are? yeah yeah it's so this is like a personal uh, opinion on this it almost seems like it's impossible for the cost of education to keep growing at the rate that it's been growing at um between room and board and that's i see that being a a, a bigger part of the cost especially for like state schools um like it just seems impossible for them to continue to grow at like a five or six percent compound growth over the next, you know, 18 years. It seems like there's got to be a correction in that area yeah. of the world mm -hmm. um, in order for, for this to, to be possible. And it's kind of crazy when you go through some of the financial aid calculators that came out in, you know, in our last newsletter on what families are expected to contribute per year during school. Um, based on like, right. their income and asset levels, it's it's way more than you would think it would be. 
And I just did a quick one just for just to see what it would look like. And like for a, a family that has that makes a hundred thousand dollars a year uh, combined income with fifty grand in the bank and fifteen thousand dollars in a five twenty nine plan, they're expected to contribute twenty one thousand dollars a year towards that cost of education. So over over twenty percent of their income, gross income, I should say, gross income. <laughs> supposed to go to the to the their college education so you're it's probably more like 30 to 40 percent of their net income it's just it's kind of crazy yeah yeah i think it's why you're starting to see this topic become a political thing too right where yeah for the for the first time ever it's it's literally become part of campaigns that we're going to eliminate your student loan debt because it's become such a big issue Mm -hmm. such and so it'll probably You'll probably see some correction happen there with, with the inflation rate on education. It's actually already starting to happen a little bit, but yeah, yeah, it is it's I, pretty I, crazy. Yeah, and I, I don't think our goal here is to obviously like fear monger, like, oh my God, the cost of education is rising. This goal is like unattainable and stuff. But it's more so to like keep, probably get our listeners in the mindset of like, it's important to start thinking about like putting it in perspective. This is how much it costs. And then, like you guys said, framing that mindset of, okay, how much do we want to provide in our unique situation? And then building it back mm-hmm. from there. Am I hearing you guys correctly on that? Yeah. yeah. And and I would say, here's here's the single biggest mistake that I think families make. They don't start creating their financial plan for their kid's education when the kid's one. They start doing it when they're like 12 or like 14. Yeah. And then you just lost... 10 plus years of compounding interest on your side that you could have been putting away money to, to put yourself in such a better position. But yeah, if you're, if you're not starting to, until your kids are teenagers, it's going to be a lot harder to pull it off. Yep. Yeah. Um, so awesome. We have like that, that mindset, obviously start early. What's the next step guys. So someone let, let's say you have that conversation of this is how much they want to provide. They're clear on the goal. This is what it looks like you probably get more into like, okay, what are their options based on their situation? What, what's the next step? So I, I would say for me, it would be education on the different account types that can be used for education or, you know, whatever the goal is. I, I don't like to just call it the education goal, but um, because it could, it could be that, you know, maybe they want to just provide the, you know, for the cost of room and board or whatever. Right. But this just education on the different types of accounts that can be used for the cost of education, because I, I think that people associate the, the only way to save for college is the 529 plan. Uh, yeah. A lot of times, you know, without digging into anything, you know, further, I think that they get stuck on that. And then they also, then it really quickly goes to, well, what if they don't end up using it all? Or what if they don't end up going to school? Or what if, you know, what if they go to the military first and then they get their education paid for? And then it, I think it really quickly makes people want to like stop thinking about it. And then you get to that point that Nate talked about where they waited instead of starting when their kid was born um, to, to start saving for education to the, their 10 or 12. And now it's because that that point, the goal is so soon that it becomes really serious and really important to them. Um where when they're first born, there's probably something, I, I don't know because I don't have a child yet, but there's probably something psychology, psycholo- psychologically that's like, I don't want to be thinking about this thing that's 18 years away and thinking about my kid being an adult, uh, you know, it could be get, getting in the way. But yeah, so the first place I would start though, Steve, to answer your question 
would be on educating them on the types of accounts that are out there and and how they all work, the pros and cons of of, of each type of uh, an account, and and the the value of what else can you use for education besides savings? Yeah, Nate. Nate, before I get to you, I just wanted to follow up on that with Mark real quick. Um, what what are those, Mark? Because I think that's what most people think is like the five two nine is like the poster child of this is what you should do if you're going to be saving for like an education goal, like you said, and maybe that is true. I'm, I'm sure a lot of yeah. people do that and we do that too, but what are some of like the other options without getting too, too into the weeds, just so kind of people know. And we also have like posted this on our social as well, but why don't you just kind of give a brief overview of like some other options that, that may work. Yeah. So, you know, I will say just to start that off the 529 plan is more than likely the most tax efficient way to, to, to save for education, because you, depending on the state you live in, you might get a, an income tax, state income tax deduction. And then all of the, the growth on that account, as long as it's used for education, is also used tax free. Um, it also provides for the ability to, you know, for K through 12 expenses as well. It's not just this, this is newer, but um, it's not just for college. It can be used for, you know, private schools as well. Um, when they're, while well, the kids are, you know, the K through 12 range, but the other two that I really like a lot would be the, the Roth IRA and then custodial accounts. So the UGMA, UTMA account. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that people really ever think about the Roth IRA being something that they could, they, they could use for education costs. Uh, but you can, and with the UGMA, UTMA accounts, it's, it's an account that's in, in the child's name. So, the taxation on the gains could end up working out to be very similar to the 529 plan if your child does not have high earned income. Um, mm -hmm. So if there's no income, that the, there's not going to be tax on those gains necessarily, or at least very low tax on those gains. It's a lot more flexible. So the, those are the big three that I usually focus on. So the 529 plan, Roth IRA, and then custodial UGMA or UTMA. Okay. Um, I, I promised you I wouldn't ask you this beforehand, but I'm going to. Do you know the uh, state tax deduction for the 529 plan in New York? <laughs> New York, $10,000 if you're married filing jointly is the New York state income tax deduction. Is he right? Uh, I thought it was 15. Is it 10? No, 15 is the, the, the annual gift number that you're talking about. Oh, yes. Yep. Okay. There you go. He does know it. Wow. That's why we bring okay. him on. Cool. Thanks for that. You put me on the spot, so it really just popped. It I, got into my brain really quickly. I got to keep you on your toes, dude. These are the numbers that, that people care about. Um, Nate, so why don't you answer that? So after the mindset, Mark says he likes to kind of educate them on what's out there. What are their options? Mm -hmm. He's talking about the 529, the Roth people don't know. What yeah. What is your thought on that? Yeah, I think that's a, that's definitely a natural next step. I think the, I'm, I'm the king of like, I try to keep things as simple as possible, but this topic is really hard to keep things simple because there's other factors that go into, into this. Like I need to know what their retirement goal is as, as part of figuring out this education plan. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, because, and then also like I have some clients who their kids are going to be going to college when they're actually over the, the, the age of 59 and a half, which makes all their retirement plans eligible for, for education mm -hmm. too. So there's just so many variables that go into this. So my, my thing is I want, we have to have a holistic view of all the goals and all the accounts 
And then we can start to figure out, okay, this, the 529 makes sense because of X, Y, and Z. And, and actually your 401k might make sense because of your, the age when your kids are even going to college. So it's, I have to know like the holistic picture first before we can start to dive into like which account type we're, we're going to, we're going to deploy. Um, so I think that's a really important step too in all of this. And there's another variable that comes to my mind is, you know, are you going to have multiple kids? Yeah. If you're going to have multiple kids, the 529, your first kid might not need any of it. So you can actually transfer that money to the next kid. And that's a variable that's important to understand, you know? So, yeah, um, <clears throat> there's a lot that kind of goes into that, but I, I think the next step for me that comes to my mind is like making sure I have like a really good holistic view of all the goals, you know, the whole family di- dynamic. You have parents involved that might want to provide some, some funding. I hear that a lot or grandparents. So it's, yeah. it's just super important to get that whole view. Okay. Um, yeah, it is interesting because it's not really a topic that you can be so simple about with stuff because no. there's a lot of moving parts. And it's depending on the situation. Mark, were you going to say something there? Yeah, I was just wanting to add that one, one thing out there, uh, this is really important for anyone who may still have a 529 plan in their name. Um, don't just cash that out because if, if you have kids or you're going planning to have kids, they can be made the beneficiary of that 529 mm-hmm. plan. And, and still get that tax favorable benefit from that 529 plan when, that, when used for education expenses. Okay. Great point. Um, so guys, this is, I'm going to just ask a specific question here that I hear a lot. And what I feel like is one of the most, like the biggest fears when it comes to this, that people, people ask like, well, what about this? And Mark, I think you hinted a little bit here, but what do you tell people when they say like, oh, well, what if my, my kid doesn't go to college, right? What if we save all this money in there and they don't end up going? I know you briefly talked about that. It, you know, some accounts have different rules and stuff like that, but how would you answer that specifically? Well, so the, the first, you know, the first part of it would be if you have, if you have multiple children or you're planning to have multiple children, I would bring up the point that you can change the beneficiary of the account. And we like, yep. so we have, we have a lot of clients that aren't necessarily doing the full 15,000 into the, the 529 plan, or maybe the rate on the, the border of that. And you can do that per child. So I should throw that out there as well. But um, let's just say that they, that's, that's kind of the max that they can put into it. If the first child doesn't use it all, it can be transferred to the second child, the third child. So it's, it can be moved around. And then it also, you know, let's say that you're, you know, later in your life, you're like, you know, I wish I would have gotten my master's degree and there's still money left in that plan. You can use it as well. So you can become the beneficiary of that 529 plan as well. So I would I would talk about that first, um, and then I would go into the the fact that the other the other two options I brought up earlier, which which are the the Roth IRA and the custodial accounts, um, those are more flexible, right? So obviously yeah. the Roth IRA you could just not give them um, the custodial account that can be used for whatever, um, which you know that has a downside to it depending on what state you're in if it's 18 or 21 for the age of majority. Um, you know, they, that, that money becomes the child's money, um, which means they could just go buy a car and, you know, that, yeah. that's, that's a risk. And I would probably be an example of someone who might not have used that appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, didn't they, they change some rules on the account? I think this last year, right. With like, you can use, they changed it with the five, two, nine plan. You can use money for apprenticeships now too. And you can use the money in there to 
pay back loans now as well. Yeah. It doesn't actually have to be cost. And they, I think that they just made those changes this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So now you can use the, the 529 plan. I think there's a limit. It's, oh yeah, $10,000 $10, in student loan payments. Okay. It, it can be used from the, the 529 plan, which is, a, you know, it's a nice addition. And, and I brought it up earlier, the K through 12 side of things. There's more, there's more flexibility of it for sure. And, and I'm, I'm guessing that you can get away with some of the stuff in the, in the education, like the K through 12 years using that money um, in a, in a penalty free way uh, and tax free way for, for other education expenses, even, you know, if you're not going to a, a private, you know, K through 12. Right. Dude. So, so interesting to me guys is like, think about how many little intricacies there are with this account. Like when they don't just give you a giant brochure, on all the rules for all this, you know what I mean? It's either you know it or you don't, right? And there's like so many little things that provide like that extra like optionality and flexibility in there. But Nate, anything Mm -hmm. to add to that? One thing that random thing that was just coming to my mind was, Mark, could you also, let's say you have a child, you, you save all this money in a 529, it doesn't all get used. Could you also save that for like future grandchildren? Like just keep it in the account? Yeah. Yeah. So, that, so it, that's oh, another really interesting thing. It can even go to a first cousin. <laughs> yeah, if you really like, if you really like a first cousin, <laughs> like really? niece, nieces, nephews, all that would count, right? Um, yep. So yep. that's an interesting thing. That's so that's why I think the the five twenty nine the five twenty nine plan is probably the best, you know, location for saving for college. But there certainly are restrictions people need to be aware of and. And a lot of that comes down to getting very clear on what are, what are your core values and what is your specific goal. And then we can figure out the appropriate amount that should be going into a, the 529 and, and other accounts. Yeah. How does this all affect financial aid, guys? Great question. Negatively. So it's, a, it's an available. It's an available asset for for the cost of education. So that's the the downside to it. Um, I I do believe that it, it impacts financial aid in a I guess in a more positive way than than like having more cash in the bank or a, a, just a regular investment account. Um, I think it's I think it's better on the calculation from uh, from the FAFSA standpoint, um, but it it does count as available assets for the cost of education and lowers the, um, the amount of money that you're going to get from financial aid. Mark, are you able to simply define for our listeners how the, the EFC is calculated or is that too complicated? Simply? No, I, I, I really, I have no idea how that's broken down. Um, I think a good, maybe a good plug then here is for anyone listening there's a great resource that's free, saving for college. Is it .org or .com? Uh, did we .com. put it in our newsletter? We did. Is we it put .com? It in our newsletter. It's .com. Okay. So there's there's like some financial aid calculators and stuff on that website that you can go in and mess around with and, and learn a little bit about what you can expect in financial aid for your children. Okay. Cool. So yeah, that, that part is the part that kind of sucks that, that ties back in is the, the financial aid piece. And I wanted to, I want to touch yeah. on that a little bit just to make sure people are aware. And obviously it's a little bit more complicated <laughs> than being able to give like more specific advice, but 
Okay. Yeah. So I, I guess we talk, we, we, so we talk about like the mindset of like the actual goal planning for it. How do you, how do you go about funding it? It sounds like the, the theme is there's a little bit more flexibility and options than most people might be aware of. If I'm hearing you guys correctly, like from, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, the, one of like the last pieces I wanted to close out here and Nate, you kind of touched about this before. And this is like, this, I want to start with you with this because this is like always a big thing for you is like, what was the line you used? You can't, you can take a loan for educate for kids college, but you can't take a loan out for retirement. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, that's pretty simple, right? Like you can't go to your, to a lender and get a retirement <laughs> loan. Um, so that's why I, you know, earlier I was emphasizing it's, it's so important that we take a holistic view of all of your goals because, you know, this is, this is a touchy subject because there's some clients who they, their children are their entire life and they want to provide everything possible for them. But I would mm-hmm. encourage people, make sure you're on track to hit your retirement goal because it would kind of suck that your kids got a free education from you, but then they have to pay for your, you know, your expenses when you're old and Dude, exactly. <laughs> you're out yeah. of money. Um, yep. And so I think making sure that you're going to be financially secure is priority number one. And then let's figure out how we can cash flow your children's education. And a lot of times, if you start young enough, you can actually pull it all off. Um, yep. But if you if you procrastinate and wait, then we're going to have to get a little creative. <clears throat> and um, it's just so important, I think, that people recognize that retirement probably should be a bigger priority. Um, because if you're going to miss your retirement goal and you're going to be broke when you're older, uh, your, your family's going to have to step up and take care yeah. of you. And that, that's, that's a burden that no parent wants to put on their kids, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When's, uh, when's the best time to plant a tree, Nate? <laughs> Today. Today. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Mark, anything to add to what Nate said? <laughs> Yeah, just something that kind of came to mind to me as you're talking about that. Just with a with a lot of younger parents, they there's a decent chance that they may have student loans themselves and pretty hefty payments, which which could make it hard for them to be in you know in addition to saving for retirement or planning for themselves, it could make it hard to have that extra money to be putting aside for the for their children. Don't, don't forget um, daycare. Even, right? Yeah, you got daycare expenses. Oh, yeah. There's all these other yeah. expenses. But something to keep in mind is that those those expenses like daycare, like paying off your own student loans will eventually be gone. Um, and you do have the ability to take out parent plus loans in the future where you can mm-hmm. you can take out the loan and pay them back yourselves as opposed to having that money come out of the child's pocket in the future. So it's yeah. not the same thing as saving for it ahead of time, but you might end up spending you know the same amount out of pocket uh, yeah. by doing it that way. Steve, can we can we go down this road for a minute on the the whole like taking loans versus saving? Oh yeah, let's go down there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm glad Mark brought this up because I think that's an option that people like really hate to think about doing is taking on debt versus saving enough to pay for it. But think about Mark, think about like right now today in this current interest rate environment. If you had a child that was going into college this year and you had 200 200 grand saved in in assets for your kids' education, wouldn't it make a little bit of sense to consider like not just cashing all that out, you know, potentially getting a loan Mm -hmm. because of what you could earn on that pile of money versus spending it all? 
right? Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, and I'm not saying that's like what everybody should do, but it's just, it's interesting. And I feel like a lot of people don't, don't even like give that as like that possibility. The other thing that I get really interested in when I'm, when I'm, when we're working with like young family clients, like Mark just brought up a great point between their own student loan payments, their mortgage, their daycare, it's hard to cash flow all this stuff. It's so cool to go in and, and forecast cash flow and look at what's possible when that daycare payment's done. What you, if you were to just, you're already used to spending that money. So if you just sweep that into savings plans, what's possible is amazing. And so that's like, to me, a way to turn a kind of a negative into a positive. It's like, look, you're building, you're actually building a habit of not spending this $2,000 a month right now because it's going to daycare. So when that daycare payment stops, we could do some amazing stuff with that to accomplish all of your goals. But it, it requires yeah. you really getting, like having that cash flow plan. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's, that's a huge opportunity for people is to not rule out the possibility of taking parent plus loans as part of your plan here and get really good at forecasting out your, your cash flow. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. We, I mean, we're see, we see it a lot of times where people are, you know, well over covered for retirement and that, you know, one, one thing that, you know, but they might not be on track for their, their kid, you know, the child or they're planning for their children's future education costs or whatever. Um, but that that could be a use of that money is to help get them once they actually are done with school um, off to a good start by helping pay back loans. It's Nate brought it up earlier where he, you know his philosophy he he paid for his own education so did I. My philosophy on that you know probably regardless of whether or not I, I can save the full cost ahead of time is I I want them to have some skin in the game and I'm a perfect example of why you do that. I was a pre I was a pre-med major for my first two years of school private college the first year and then ub and yeah i went i went to uh four schools so i had no idea what i wanted to do and it, you know i'm i'm the one paying for it now because i it, you know it backfired on, on me and i think that that's an okay thing to to have happen you know i don't expect kids to know exactly what they want to do when they graduate high school that's that's tough to ask but um but it's was nice to, to have your kid get some skin in the game. I, my first major was environmental science. <laughs> really? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll leave you with that. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Nate, you, I guess, um, well, this is interesting because you guys are both going to be going down this road yourselves soon with a couple of kids on the way. Um, but was there any like last things that you guys wanted to add to like the education planning topic? I didn't want to get into like the, the most weeds I wanted to get into was Mark like talking about like the difference in the accounts and stuff like that. But I wanted to kind of mm -hmm. keep it like 101. And if people want to hear more in depth about stuff, we can totally do that. But was there anything like each of you guys wanted to add here as we wrap up? Yeah, I think the, 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 the biggest thought that I'd want to like leave in, in our listeners mind from this podcast is you just need to have your plan in place. And a saying that I use a lot with clients is every dollar needs a job. And so if you, when we start to like forecast your cash flow, again, going back to that example of, you know, you have all these daycare expenses and stuff, but that, those are temporary expenses, or maybe you have debt payments right now, like that are going to be gone in five years. 
if you if we if we can put a every dollar has a job mindset on and and we go in and we actually forecast out your cash flow and when those debt payments are gone or that daycare payment's gone if we give those dollars a job in alignment to your goals this becomes really doable but i think the biggest mistake people make is they it's such an overwhelming topic and it's such a big number to achieve that they procrastinate and they don't start young enough and they don't have their own plan and so that's what yeah. i want people to take away is you can have a plan you just need to sit down map this out use us this is what we're good at and we can create a plan for you that fits you and it might not be the same plan of, that your neighbor has but that's okay yeah mm-hmm. mark what about you yeah yeah i mean I, I think that's that's really good um the only other thing that kind of that i was thinking about is just to to take the time to work with someone to understand what is really important to you and what you value most because you know if it's if it's more important to you to to spend this money on experiences with your kids for the you know the first 18 years of their life their lives um than it is to save for education i think that's okay as long as you you know what it is so i would just say to bring that home to line up your dollars with what you value most and what's most important to you and don't just take a cookie cookie cutter approach to this and say yeah i, I want to save for my kids education without knowing that maybe yeah. that's not as important to you as put, spending that money on other things with you know for the the kids maybe you, you'd prefer they go to you know whatever a baseball camp every summer instead um you know if that's uh, just understand what what do you care most about and put your dollars in alignment with that. Okay. Um, I how do you guys feel about like I think this like I said this is like a good like beginner one hundred and one. Do you guys think like a a two hundred and one a more in depth? What would I guess if we were to do something like that? What would be some of the things we would talk about on that episode that we didn't talk about today? Mm. Give me, give me 30 seconds, Mark, 30 seconds. What do you think? <laughs> Go bam. I think what we would probably want to do is, is maybe provide some education on the, on the different types of um, financial aid that exists out there and grants that exist out there that you can also qualify for something along those lines, um, mm-hmm. maybe in or a more in-depth, um, I guess, piece on what are the actual projected costs to be and, and examples of yeah. what it would take to fund the co- full cost, half the cost, something along those lines with some mm-hmm. some assumptions in there. Um, totally. And then maybe a, a, a little bit of a dive into that expected family contribution side of things, you know, at different income levels, you know, $100,000 family income, 200, 300. And, and so people really know what that number is um, because it, it could very well be the full cost of the school <laughs> or the education. So depending on what your income is. And I, I think, you know, understanding that ahead of time um, is important. And then on the flip side of things, if you're, you know, a single house, you know, single earning income household, um, you know, understanding that you may not need to, to be putting dollars aside for that, or maybe it's a lot lower number because of that expected family contribution calculation. Okay. Yeah. I feel like the, uh, that, and then, maybe deeper dive into the different plans. Like we kind of touched on it today, but like the rules around 529s, how you can use them, the rules around a Roth IRA, how you can use that for education, stuff like that. Yeah. Maybe it would be a 201. For mm-hmm. sure. 
Yeah, and if anyone who's listening to this, if you guys have listened the whole way through and any of those things interest you or anything else that comes to mind, let us know. And we're happy to dive more deep in there um, and just throw a bunch of numbers at Mark and tell him to tell us the answer or else. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, I like it. Uh, I So I think that's a good place to stop, Nate. I know you got to get out of here in like 10 minutes um, to go get your, your knee checked out. Um, but I wanted to... I'm maybe catching you guys by surprise here, but I think it's perfect. I was, I had this idea. This is the Max Your Dash podcast. So I think we should close every episode now with a, a moment that at least one of us has had or seen of a I Max Your Dash moment in like the, the last month. So I love whoever's this. got one, if you guys both have one, I think this is like a no brainer for us to do. Yeah. Spreading yeah. the good energy. <laughs> The Max, your dash, and Nate, if you want to just yeah, I got, it. I got it. I have, what it even I have, means. I have low-hanging fruit for this one. But so Max, your dash moments are those moments where, you know, you're just super grateful for what you have in your life. And, you know, it could be going on a trip with your family. It could be as small as just getting, you know, your hard work paying off in a, you know, a promotion at work or whatever, right? Um, for me, this is easy. So in my family, um, my uh, sister has two daughters, my brother has three daughters, and I think they're all done having kids, and my wife's pregnant, and we just found out last week we're having a boy. So yes. we're uh, first boy in the, in the family, um, keeping that rolling, and we went up to the Adirondacks and stayed at a buddy's cabin over the weekend and just had an awesome time, super relaxing. The place is amazing up there. If you're, if anyone yeah, ever, awesome. if, if you've never been, the Adirondacks are a really, really cool place to go and uh, chill out for a long weekend. Yeah. Oh, well, so I think you said within the last month, so I can't, I, I can't hop on that necessarily because I've known that we're, we're expecting for longer than a month, um, but about six weeks behind me. So I don't know, I don't know what we're having yet or if we'll even find out. Um, but I, everyone seems to think I'm having a girl. So for those listeners who want me to have a boy, please start praying for me. Um, <laughs> um, I think but that is great. Aside from that, uh, if I can, if I can't use that one as a, as a max your dash moment, cause it wasn't technically within the last month, I'm going to, I'm going to turn to the, probably the biggest goal that I've had all summer was in regards to golf. Um, and in, in the past month, I I've tied my, my lowest career round twice shooting two over par at good old Clifton Springs country club. So I'm close guys. I'm real close to being able to, to say that I've, I've shot an even par round and hopefully soon behind that, uh, I get, I get under par. So I'm pretty pumped. I, I've, I've made a lot of progress yeah. on the, outside of things this year putting a lot of work into it dude how cool is it that like that was mark's max your dash moment and like he's so stoked about it and like someone <laughs> else is having like a completely different like moment themselves and it's all like totally awesome you know it's just like yeah. great energy it can be, and that's it can literally be the purpose of it which yeah. is like I, you're not you're not getting I out of this no, 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 I'm out of this, bro. I thought of it, so hey, you guys are closing it out for us. I just <laughs> oh, think that that's like, like, dude, Mark, Mark, the reason why it's so cool is like, I hate golf, but like, I'm so excited for that for Mark because he's like so excited for it. And I think like us building that community 
is just so cool where all of us can just get excited for each other, like having those moments together, you know, while we're yeah. also talking about state tax deductions. <laughs> and, and it, it all, yeah. and it all ties into this. It's, I know it's a different goal. The golf is a very different goal than saving for your kid's education, but it came down to the, the same kind of basic principles as I just set a goal and I just started working my ass off towards it. And that was it. Yeah. And, and it's happening. So it, yeah. it's going to work the same way for this stuff too. Yep. Um, Amen. I, you think that's a, I think that's a g- great thing we need to add at the end though. Whoever's on, I if love we it. have yeah. like, if we have guests too, that's just cool to just like add like, Hey, before you, we get you out of here, what's a max your dash moment. I love it. Make sure you plug in the, uh, the show notes or something that make sure you listen to the end to find out the max your dash moments. Oh yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. If you guys are listening to every Friday, we've been posting that. If you guys have your own max or dash moments, whatever it is. I mean, Mark wants to shoot his best round of golf. We don't care what it is. If it makes you happy, we totally want to feature you on there and we can all celebrate it together. So love it. Um, cool guys. Well, I, th- I thought this was a lot of fun. Mark, let's get you back on again, man. I hope we're not I'm making you sweat too much. I'm always happy to join. Always happy. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Well, hey, guys, thanks for listening and liking, subscribing, sharing to the Max Your Dash podcast. We will catch you guys in the next one. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Security America Advisors, Inc. Dash Capital Advisors and Securities America are separate entities.